Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 14, Monday Night Football, and I am with my lovely co-host, as always, Jennifer Runkle. Hello. I feel like the microphone's very far away from me. Hello. Hopefully you can hear me better now. Off the podcast. Yes. Still seems like a weird name for the episode, but makes sense. Yeah, they didn't get too creative with this one. They're they're not the best at naming episodes on this show, but you know what? At the end of the day, who really cares what an episode's right. called? If yeah. we if it weren't for podcasts, I don't think anyone would know what any episode of any TV show's ever been called. And therein lies the brilliance of the naming of Friends. I'm actually listening to an audiobook. The one where mm-hmm. an audiobook about you know the creation of Friends, and yeah, I'm like a third of the way through it. So I assume it goes through you know a lot of the seasons and whatever, but it talks about how they didn't want to have to get creative with the names, and so they knew people would talk about it as the one that, and so that's how they came up with their naming structure. That is better, and I know that Seinfelds were named as the blank, Mm -hmm. and Larry David didn't want anybody to spend any time on actually coming up with the names, so he said just make it as simple as possible. Makes sense. I don't read it. I've never read any theories on how these guys did it. No, probably just regular yeah, sitcom title. I was so-so on this episode. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's got its moments. It's not one of the best. Yeah, there, was, uh, there weren't a lot. Of, there weren't hardly any big laugh-out-loud moments. Right. Yet there were very few cringeworthy jokes. I, I thought it was mostly just middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just okay, to borrow an expression. I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> Got a couple news items or fun facts. Remember Lin-Manuel Miranda was on an episode of How I Met Your Mother? I thought you were going to say, remember Lin-Manuel Miranda? <laughs> I was about to explode. <laughs> yes, I do remember him, and I do remember that he was on an episode of How I Met Your Mother before I'd say most people knew who he was, I'm sure. Some of the diehards would have known him from In the Heights, but I didn't know him yet. Right, so he had done In the Heights by the time he was on the show, but mm-hmm. Hamilton was still, I think, like three years out. Yeah, I'd have to look at when, what, when, when was the last season? Off the top of my head, I don't remember, seasons, like 2014? Yeah, I think Hamilton may have, I think it went to Broadway in 2015? Well, anyways, the reason I bring him up... Yes. Sorry. This is not a Hamilton (laughs) podcast, as much as I would like it to be. Boy, I bet no one's done a Hamilton podcast yet. There is the official Hamilton podcast, and so if you are also a Hamilton fan, and you don't already somehow know about this, check out the Hamilcast. It is amazing. Well, Lin-Manuel Miranda was on an episode, I think it's the dreaded season nine, Mm -hmm. and he does a little rapping on it as they're trying to tell... Young Marvin, the the baby, uh, bedtime stories mm-hmm. to get him to sleep. I think is he trying to rhyme orange. I don't I think remember it, that I, much. I vaguely remember being the premise. I think I've seen that episode maybe twice, total. But the reason why he was on that episode or on How I Met Your Mother at all is because he went to Wesleyan, oh, just nice. like uh, Carter Bay and what's the other writer? What's the other? Showrunner. Craig Thomas. Craig Thomas, yeah. And Ted and Marshall and Lily. Yeah. And they didn't go at the same time. I think those guys graduated like a year before Lin-Manuel Miranda started the sh- college. But just through a common alumni, friends, they met each other. 
Huh, somewhere about. That is a fun fact. News, I read a little, I'm not going to go into details of this, but uh, I just saw, I, and, and I more saw the title and instead of reading the whole thing, or maybe I read it, but I won't go into it, that Forbes magazine rated Palm Springs, which we sort of reviewed last mm-hmm. last episode, uh, best comedy of the year so far. Ooh, interesting. They called it a worthy heir to Groundhog Day. Nice. I have a couple lists that I found through my Google Alerts, and I'll let you choose between the two of them. Okay. One is, would you like to hear the 10 times Barney didn't wear a suit, which we sort of talked about before, mm-hmm. and it actually kind of fits this one because he doesn't wear a suit in this one. It does. Yeah, let's just do that one. Okay. The other one is uh, the top 10 jokes that have not aged well. <laughs> So why don't we stick with, we'll save that one for Naked Man. Okay. (laughs) Um, Oh, before we get in, before we do that, I wanted to just say, I want to find out what that book is, the Friends one, because I I really love reading these books about, you know, the backgrounds of shows I just Mm -hmm. finished. It's called Generation Friends. Okay. I just, you know, finished maybe a month ago, the one that was written recently about Modern Family. Right. Yeah, I get endless enjoyment out of those. Let me see. So it's Generation Friends by Saul Austerlitz. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm about a third of the way through it. I'm and enjoying Seinf- it so far. Seinfeldia was really good. Mm-hmm. And the woman that wrote Seinfeldia, she had also written one or was getting ready to write one about Sex in the City. Do I have that one? I feel like I have that one. I feel like I've... Yeah, I feel like I've listened. Is this the same? I've won Sex in the City and Us by Jennifer Keishan Armstrong. No, that's not the same woman, so I'm not sure. Uh, okay. All right. Ten times Barney didn't wear a suit. Oh, sorry, just on the same track, I also have one about The Office that I haven't listened to yet. That's next up after I finish this Friends one. So okay. Just called The Office by Andy Greer. Green, sorry. I think that's a job I could have done, writing books about TV shows. Yeah, I was thinking about that as I was starting to listen to this Friends Audiobook. I said, I don't think anybody's written a How I Met Your Mother book. Should we write that? Well, the... <laughs> we would have to interview people. The Beverly, the Beverly Hills 90210 podcast that I'm re-listening to my oh, second geez. time through. Well, no, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I think I've told you I've, I'm on a second run through it. No, I don't think you did. I thought you were on Melrose Place. Well, at any rate, yeah, I am on Melrose, Melrose Place, but sometimes in between while I'm waiting for new episodes to come out, I'll go back and listen to a classic one. In order, but they're writing a book about Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, nice. When that comes out, I'll mention more about it if anyone's interested. But at any rate, okay, can you quick name me five times that Barney? I won't make you do the full 10, but five times Barney wasn't wearing a suit. So obviously, this episode, does suit jamas count? I think they count as a suit, but mm. that's not the only thing he wears in that episode. <laughs> yeah, he does wear a nightgown. Um, you don't get that one, though. I think suit jamas still counts as him not wearing a suit because they're pajamas, even though they're styled as a Let's suit. Let's see if you can get to pajamas. five without it. Um, we just had one last week or the week before where he was sick in bed. Robin was taking care of him. True. There's a time where he's depressed about almost losing a job and he's wearing Armani sweatpants. <laughs> I don't remember that. Sounds a little bit familiar. I do, because they're like, Barney, are you okay? You're wearing sweatpants. He's like, yeah, but they're Armani. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, There's the obvious one. The obvious one? Like, when he naked mans? 
No. Or when he is naked in front of Lily when she's painting. Just he bases a whole song around this episode. Oh, that's right. When he tries to hook up with the girl who hates yeah. suits. I'm giving you four so far. Do you got another one in you? I, that counted. That suit pajama one counts. I kind of gave, and I kind of gave you this la- that last one. Anyways. Anyways, there's the painting one and the naked man. Okay, he's naked in those. Okay, there's scenes without him wearing a suit. All right, ten times. Uh, the flashback on game night. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah, when how Lily stole Christmas when he was sick. He got that one. The funeral. That's this one. Um, oh, when they pretend to be from out of town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where he's dressed kind of as, as a hayseed. Everything must go... Oh, he wears an overalls in one episode. Is that on there? Oh, hold on. Let me work through it, maybe. Everything must go. I have uh, the blue sweatsuit with Brittany. Uh, oh, he wears a sweater. Oh, Him and Brittany yes. wear the matching sweaters. That's right, he's wearing khakis and a, and a blue sweater mm-hmm. meant to match with Britney Spears' outfit. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, in I Heart New York, he has to pick up a woman dressed as a... I can't read my own handwriting. Oh, as a lesbian. Remember when he pretends to be a lesbian? I do. And has to pick up a woman as a woman? I don't remember what he was wearing, but I do remember that episode. And I... There is another one that I'm thinking of, too, where he pretends to be his own gay cousin, or his own gay twin brother, as a hairdresser. That sounds vaguely familiar. Man, I, don't, I, can't, I can't place that. All right, there is the front porch with the suit PJs, but uh, the nightgowns where he's not wearing mm-hmm. a suit. The Murtaugh episode where he's in, like, a fishnet shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's the playbook where he's in a scuba suit. Oh, yeah. Technically, that's a suit. It is a suit. Just kidding. And then Girls versus Suits, the, the biggie. Right. All right. We got through it. Um, so I'm ready to jump in here. Yep. We start. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I do have one more thing. So on Twitter, we had somebody reach out. Um, his name's Albie. I believe he lives in England. Um, and he had just mentioned, you know, oh, yeah, I just started listening. I'm 16. I was like, oh, God, you're like just slightly older than the show. <laughs> <laughs> So, hi, Albie. Hope you're still listening. Um, thanks for reaching out. Yeah, we didn't turn you off by this point. <laughs> Did um, he have any other comment or just, hey, I'm here? No, just, yeah, that he you know, had found us. And then, yeah, it hit. I had my own little mini existential crisis of, oh, God, <laughs> you're just barely older than the show. So, yeah. Albie, you can be our Generation Z. Is that what you are? I don't know. You might even be younger than that. Have they come up with something after Z? I think A is next for some reason. <laughs> so we're starting back over again? I think so. We're back in the time of so, Jesus. So now I actually do feel a little... Um, Was Jesus Generation A? <laughs> right. Is that... Is we're, that... Already, we're circling all the way around. <laughs> but I do feel, um, you know, knowing, you know, because I see the stats of, like, you know, listener population groups, but I know sometimes we do take a step back to be like, okay, well, if you don't know this random reference... So. It's good to know our audience and say, okay, for you, Albie, we <laughs> yeah. should explain this, which must be just about everything. Right. But that's interesting. He's in England, and he is starting. I mean, has, I wonder if he's watched the show all the way through, or is he watching each episode as he listens to us? I don't know. Now, I, I, asked. I mentioned I am listening to a Pawnee pod. Uh, it's called Pawnee Radio, Public Radio or something like that. Oh, it's nice. a 
Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec's podcast that just launched. I think they're in episode three or four now. And they do spoilers. And we're just, you and I are what, on season oh, two? Oh, yeah, we're just on season two. So, and they've revealed a couple things about the end that I'd rather not have known. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, if I want to listen to this podcast, I'm just going to have to right. sacrifice that. Now, if you think our podcasts are long, they're, co- they're also covering a 30-minute show. Or, you know, let's face it. 23 minutes. Yeah, 21-minute show. And their podcasts are an hour and a half. Wow. And then they have a lot of fun facts, though. Okay. So, we start off at McLaren's. Ted is handing out Super Bowl assignments. Well, actually, we started with a thing about the holidays. They have a couple flashes to Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving flashbacks of all the holidays that the friends celebrated together. But then they talk about that, you know, Super Bowl Sunday was always Ted's favorite. Okay. I can't remember if they showed that in the one I watched because I watched last night. But he's handing out Super Bowl assignments. Barney's the only one that doesn't have to do anything because he's got to focus on his gambling problem. But they never really revisit that when he is actually constantly gambling during this episode. It's not like you were supposed to be concentrating on not gambling. I mean, it's Barney. I don't think Ted actually thought Barney was not going to do something that he was told to do. Well, then he should have given him a job. (laughs) Fair point. Stands to reason, as the expression goes, I hear. Nobody says that. (laughs) Okay, they're talking about how Ted's going to go to Quinn's, which has the world's greatest Super Bowl meal, the hot wings platter. And then Marshall launches into some... We get some uh, season one Marshall. Marshall. (laughs) If I were chicken, I'd go cannibal. Now, this is... We revisit the thing I hate the most when there's a joke I don't like, and yet the gang laughs uncontrollably at it. Right. It's like, okay, clearly this wasn't supposed to be a throwaway bad joke that they do sometimes, where someone's going to make fun of it at Mm -hmm. some point. They thought this was funny, and they had the gang laugh hysterically at this. Right. And he pantomimes eating himself. Yes, and he keeps going. Eat his own damn wing off. He doesn't care. He's crazy like that. I think it's still going. Mm. Somewhere, Jason Siegel is still talking about this cannibal chicken. Yeah, that was bad. Wendy, the waitress, stops by the table, and she gives them the funeral info, info and then realizes they don't know what she's talking about. It turns out Mark... <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I'm like uh, the mom on... Modern Family. Modern Family. <laughs> well, we uh, don't know Mark. He Mark, wasn't a, Mark an died. actual character. Mark died. It would mean a lot if they were there at his funeral because they were his favorite customers. And none of them know who this is. No. And there's a good running gag of Ted constantly getting his name wrong. Oh, see, I don't love that. Anyways, uh, they figure out that the funeral is the same time as the Super Bowl. Right. So they fully plan on just skipping it. Like, whatever. They know. We don't know who this is. It doesn't matter. And then we get Carl freaking out on somebody. Um, who has told Carl he's going to watch the Super Bowl instead of go to the funeral, so now the gang realizes they have to go. Yeah, I like the gang's reaction as they're to Carl's. Can you believe this? these guys? They don't, they're, they're not going to go to the funeral because of the Super Bowl. And the gang's like, whoa. <laughs> We're at the apartment. They're going over the plan. They're going to go to the funeral, pay respects to Matt. Mark. Oh, yeah. And they're just going to only be an hour late. Yeah, maybe. they'll only be an hour late. They have TiVo that they're setting up. Did you ever have TiVo? No, I never had TiVo. Um, it was always built in through 
Like, I've always had Comcast for a bazillion years. I won a TiVo box at my job when I was Hmm. 29 or 30. It was a raffle. And I think I was really getting low on funds. It was a low time for old Steve. Oh, no. So you gave up a TiVo? I think I sold it on eBay or something. No. Was there eBay then? I'm not sure. Yeah. I sold it on something and, like, you know, made the 50 bucks that it was probably worth. So I never actually had TiVo. And then, thankfully, you know, like, two years later, the digital TV came out and Mm -hmm. you could pause shows. I think I mentioned this maybe in, like, our first episode, but DVR, when, when DVR first came out, that was, like, one of the very first things I started recording was How I Met Your Mother. So 2005 was the first time that I had that capability. So again, for our Albie Age listeners, we used to not be able to record television. We used to just have to hope for the best. Only we God would be home. had the power to freeze TV. It's true. And so I don't know. I got it in 2005. I'm not sure when the technology actually That's too hard came to around. But yeah, it was offered through Comcast cable back at least in 2005. Yeah, we used to have to be home at a certain time if we wanted to watch a show, and if you missed the show, you hoped for reruns. And yeah, TiVo was something that you just connect to your cable, and it sort of was a digital recording of the shows that you wanted to capture, and so it would be like watching them on tape, except for all digital. Yeah, except for there wasn't like traditional fast forward and rewind necessarily. I'm not quite, you know, I'm not sure if I've ever watched anybody's TiVo episode of anything, but. Yeah, I actually never knew anybody that had an actual TiVo, except for Miranda on Sex and the City. <laughs> but it's, I, I do remember them being a little buggy and sometimes not recording things that you thought they were mm-hmm. going, going to record. But before TiVo, you had a tape record, a, a VCR, vid- VCR <laughs> and you would have to like go up to the VCR and push buttons to tell it what time to record something and for how long. It was kind of complicated. That's fancy. We never did that. I did that because we got cable when I was 15 with some movie channels. And there was, I was so excited because I was, I was going to build this huge library of movies. <laughs> and so I'd look way ahead and see when a movie was coming up You know, that day. I said way ahead. You, you really couldn't record days in advance. It was really the day of um, that you had to set it up for. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And so I'd, I'd kind of mark all the movies I wanted to own. Mm-hmm. And then just as they came up, I'd go ahead and record them. And I ended up, you know, with like 80 movies on videotape. I'd do nice. three movies per tape. So to get to a, the second or third movie, you had to fast forward through the first or second one. <laughs> oh, man. Old technology was the worst. I don't think I threw away that movie collection until like five years ago. It's just one of those things <laughs> that sits... in our basement. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sits amongst your stored stuff. And you don't think... I never thought it was going to come back around. I just feel like I didn't know how to get rid of it. I feel like we... Yeah, we just got rid of a VCR not that many years ago. <laughs> I kept we thinking... never used. Yeah, um, that's a story for another time. Hopefully never. Yes, but yeah, so Ted says a prayer to TiVo. <laughs> And they talk about fast-forwarding through commercials, which Rob objects to and says, you know, talks about a coat monkey in a coconut bra. Ordering a pizza. Ordering a pizza. She really has this thing for monkeys. <laughs> Later, we, she really admires a monkey in a tuxedo. Are you sure it's not a penguin in a tuxedo? No. Or no, because the penguins have tuxedo. Maybe she just likes animals. But monkeys, especially. 
One's okay. wearing a tuxedo. Oh, and, and Lily liked this commercial, too. I think it, it, it's not a guy-girl. They almost make this like a guy-versus-girl thing. Guys like the commercials as much, if not maybe more, than women, I think, and during the Super Bowl. I don't feel like it's, ah, <laughs> uh, ladies, you take over. It's commercial time. We'll be back. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just a ge- traditional gender trope they're trying to pull here. That, you know, the men like the football and the women like the commercials. But, yeah. I don't think that's right. Barney enters. He's being kind of flirty on the phone with someone. It turns out to be his bookie. Who's not his mom. Yeah. I guess he got a new bookie. That's true. And, but this is, this is sort of, you know, this sort of parallels the conversation he had with his mom where he's coming mm-hmm. in. You don't know who he's talking to. Right. And then it turns out to be a bookie. And the last one, it's a bookie, but you don't know it's his mom. It's sort of a replay of that right. gag. Right. And so and what's, what's Barney wearing? He's not suited up. I think he's wearing like a hoodie. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's like even super casual for a funeral. And you know, Ted points this out. Barney says, Ted, have I taught you nothing? Virtually. <laughs> yeah. Decent exchange. And so th- this always sticks in my mind. For so This was like a vocabulary lesson to me the first time I watched it where I learned the meaning of the word sartorial. It's all because of Barney. So Barney explains, you know, suits are joyful. They are the sartorial equivalent of a baby smile. And, and then he has to explain to Lily, I think, yeah. what sartorial means. Which is I, of or pertaining to tailors or their trade. I knew that word because whenever I fly in an airplane, I get a few magazines, and one of them is either a GQ or um, what's the other one? Esquire. Esquire, Right. And one of them gives, has a column called Sartorial Advice. And so that's where I learned that word. Okay, Barney says, you know, explains that he doesn't wear suits. Suits are for celebrations. And what else does he, you have more commentary. What what else does he say? Right, so essentially he says, you know, when it's his time to go, he's going out of the world the way he came in. His funeral, he's going to be naked. Open bar for the ladies. open, Open bar for the guys. Open casket for the ladies. And then tries to do a high five, and everybody kind of like rolls their eyes and shuffles by, except for Marshall, who <laughs> kind of likes it. Yeah, who's the last one out and gives him the high five and does like a conspiratorial, like, oh my God, that's such a great idea. Which I thought was kind of funny. I don't know if he thought it was a good idea, but he liked the joke of it. Right. And did you ever, did you notice that Barney's hand hold for high five looked a lot like a Heil Hitler? Ooh, no. It, it was very in a diagonal, and his fingers were straight like a Barbie hand. Eek. Let's just move past that. Okay. So They're they, at the funeral. Yep. They all, the gang all looks and recognizes, or the, they all go and look at, at the person in the casket as one, and they give sort of a collected, oh. Yeah, so they realize who it is. You know, it started with an, oh, and they try to, you know, move it into a, like, oh, yeah, because they're at a funeral, and, like, Carl and Wendy are right behind them. Right. So Barney goes on another tangent about the suit, apparently... Mark or his family had some money because you know it's in a fancy cashmere Dolce and Gabbana suit, and Barney, yeah, laments that yeah, it's going what where it's waste. going. Yeah, Robin thinks the funeral is going so fast that they're going to be home by eight, and then we cut to them being at the Clarence at two thirty in the morning. <laughs> right. Carl telling some sort of whale watching story about him and Matt. Mark. Oh yeah, but they didn't actually see any whales. <laughs> But it was the greatest day of their life. <laughs> and then 
Carl's gonna come back with a round so everybody else can tell their stories. Like so I'm not that. sure what they've been doing for the you know intervening <laughs> yeah. you know maybe nine the story, hours. Maybe the story took this long. <laughs> and then do like Marshall here's like dibs on the one Carl just told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never get to see what happens when he comes back. Now they handle it. Although I'm kind of glad. Right. So Robin points out she has to be at work exactly one Super Bowl from the time it is. They don't think they're gonna make it, and so they're thinking at this point they might as well just skip it. Or, as you said, Robin's got to go to work soon. There won't be time to watch it, so let's just forget about it. And then Ted audibly reminisces about great moments of them watching the Super Bowl together. Right, so it's tradition, so they can't skip it this time. And then, yeah, we get, like, a flashback, which really doesn't go that far. It only goes to 2003, and I think they're in 2007 right now. Yeah, the highlights were sort of 2004. Marshall offers Barney a $20 bet for whether the guy's going to make the field goal or not. Uh, then they cut it back down to a dollar because Barney's not really into it. And <laughs> Barney wins. We've described this moment before where Barney's like, <laughs> right. wait, this is mine? Just like that? Right. And so, yeah, this is 2004. This is where, apparently, <laughs> Barney's gambling problem Yeah, I love the little origin develops. stories that they give us right. throughout the course of this show. So, did you watch the cable version? No. Oh, you watched Hulu? Okay. No, I, I'm sorry. Yes, I watched the cable version. Okay. So I think they probably skipped over this in the cable version because I didn't remember it. Um, but in 2003, we had like a very drunk Ted drinking at, you know, anytime anything happens. <gasps> that was And him. then, um, you know, start saying like, you know, we need to make this, you know, a tradition every year. We're going to do it. Promise me we're going to do it every year. And so then it's, it's a really, it's not a huge like lead up but in 2004 he's like how did this start like you know this is a great tradition how did it start because clearly he was too drunk uh, in 2003 little tiny callback yeah yeah so then yeah then we get the great exchange about barney learning how awesome gambling is and then we get the throwaway line of like oh the halftime show who wants to watch janet jackson yeah nothing's gonna happen here and do we have to explain that <laughs> i'll be what happened <laughs> in 2004 is janet jackson was was performing and dancing and singing with Justin Timberlake. And then at the end of the, one of their songs, he pulls off half of her top. It's clearly part of the routine. Like, they planned this. And she's gotten a fully exposed boob. And then the lights just cut out. And that's the end of the show. And then for some reason, she got into a lot of trouble for this, but not him, even though he was the one that actually ripped her outfit. Yeah, but I'm quite sure it was her, like, okay, at the end, do this. Oh, I'm sure, but there was all the, like, animus was directed towards her, and there he was almost like an afterthought in the story. Right, he kind of got out scot-free, but uh, they the story going forward from them was it was a wardrobe malfunction, which is still a term <laughs> right. used to this day. So that's funny, I feel like, yeah, so 2004, I was in college, I think I was at a Super Bowl party, and I remember not specifically not watching the halftime show. <laughs> so I remember seeing that live. Oh, really? Yeah. And everyone in the room was kind of like, did we just see what we think we saw? <laughs> yeah, but I don't was... think I even knew that it happened day up. I mean, that was before social media. So I'm sure I didn't hear about it until like, you know, going onto the news the next day at school. I don't even know. Did I read a newspaper back then? Probably not. Then the 2006 is when Robin attends her first Super Bowl party, and her personality has a little something for everybody in this mm-hmm. scene. I um, like this. She's 
Well, because it starts with Marshall being like, oh, why did you bring her? You know, we don't know her that well. And I do like this line of, she's going to be in all the pictures, which comes into play. We revisit that. Yeah, 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 except it's Lily being mad about Ted bringing random girls to things and Mm -hmm. them ending up in pictures. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, as a kind of like a counter to that, we get Robin betting Barney, you know, countering his... Spread by changing yeah. the spread and right that Marshall yeah they offers to Marshall and then you know making a similar comment that Marshall did about chicken wings versus angel wings and saying like you know monkey with a coconut bra so you know that's for Lily yeah enjoying so, the commercials and then we get like a little glimpse of Ted being like see like she's awesome and I did like I like Barney's freak out here when <laughs> Marshall's like no I'm not betting you five hundred dollars like I'll bet you fifty. And Barney, like, has a little tantrum about it. Yeah. Why don't we just bet air? Okay. Right. But then somehow um, Robin makes it a grand. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where's she getting this money? Yeah. Well, she does have family money, but we never get a sense that she actually gets (laughs) any of it. Yeah. Does she have family money? Did she have Canadian pop star money? No, we find out very late in the show that her dad's very wealthy. Oh, really? I don't remember that. They don't harp on it too much, but... You know, he's got his own helicopter and stuff, so... Oh, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> a flashback to when he's taking her out and leaving her in the... Oh. I think it was her 16th birthday. He's dropping her in the middle of the woods with a knife to defend herself from <laughs> the wolves. I do remember that. Maybe I didn't remember that it was his helicopter. I just assumed. Okay. They, so, uh, the end result of them, this reminiscing, is they're going to wait for Monday night. They're going to do a media blackout and avoid any results of the game... Um, and then reconvene the next night. Yes, which would have been difficult at the time. It would probably be closer to impossible now. I guess you just have to like not go on social media at all, turn off all alerts to your devices. Yeah, you and I always end up having to watch the recording of Steelers games almost every time. Yeah. At least the 1 o'clock ones. And then... We have to just stay off Facebook the right. entire time until we finally get to watch it. All right. The next day it flashes. They have they have to make it nine hours without finding the outcome of the game. Ted's going to work from home. Barney comes in and handcuffs himself to the radiator, uh, which you know Ted thinks is funny because Barney didn't figure out a pee strategy. Robin tries... He moves a plant out of the way that Barney's eyeing. Yeah. Robin tries to prevent sports updates on her broadcast and <laughs> tries to steer the, the news folks back to to weather again. And they still got Vampire Lou working the weather board. Right. So for, Vampire Lou's trying to... Well, I guess he's not a vampire right now, but the weatherman is you know, trying to eat a donut. <laughs> Cuts back to him and... She's really desperately trying, much to the exacerbation of her co-host. We never really know who that guy is. No. I don't think we see him again. They never introduce him. So at the very beginning of that scene, they're talking about a pothole. And I'm just like, this is New York City news? We've been over this. <laughs> I mean, the- Sandy, Sandy Rivers used to read the newspaper. That's true. Do you know what the BQE is? Um, Bronx, Queens Expressway Expressway, that'll be my guess Brooklyn, Queens, Expressway Maybe one of those Alright, we go to where Marshall and Lily's doing They're in Lily's class And Lily sort of 
reintroducing Marshall to her class. Yeah, she and like brings him as her show and tell, which is really weird. He's a little double jointed. I like his little hand movement to show he's a little <laughs> bit double jointed. Thought that was kind of funny. And the, his favorite animal is the Loch Ness monster, which Marshall objects to because they're trying to stay away from terms like monster. Yeah, and you know Nessie's really gentle. He doesn't know that. How does he know that? We know He's we know nothing. Done about his research. The Loch Ness monster. Now is this the second time Marshall's brought up the Loch Ness monster? Because I know we had the the first time. Yeah, well, it was the cockamouse one. Where oh, then maybe it's after that. Then so there was that time. Then they brought it up when they talk about you know they're going to scam Barney out of the money so they can go to Scotland for their honeymoon, and he brings it up okay. again. So yeah, so this is recurring. Third. A recurring uh, character theme for Marshall. Oh, this is completely off topic. I mean, it's How I Met Your Mother topic, but uh, not having to do anything with this show, but I just didn't want to forget to mention it. So in the last episode of season one, Come On, we pointed out that Barney had sex with the Native American Studies girl in his car. And we said, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense because we know him not to drive. Right. But what we didn't think about was in Arrivederci Fiero, where we learn about his um, hating Marshall's car, is that was a flashback when he was learning to drive. So that could have possibly been before the episode of Come On. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But that just occurred to me the other day. I'm not sure why. Yeah. I mean... I still feel like, I mean, well, I think that episode's coming up shortly, but I think the implication from that is, like, you know, that's when he was attempting to learn to drive, and it didn't go well, and why would he need to? So, <laughs> never, like, he never learned, but yeah, I guess it's possible but he we, would have learned in the interim. Yeah, and we do we do see other moments of him driving, like when he's trying to get out of the speeding ticket. And yeah, that's true. I'm not true. sure if there's other Where ones besides that. Where did he get that, that. car from? <laughs> okay. Marshall sits down on one of the tables, and he sits next to Doug. Now, we, we see Doug again because mm-hmm. Robin eventually dates Doug's dad. <laughs> right. Spoiler. Sorry, guys. We're a spoiler-filled podcast. Doug learns that Marshall is there because he doesn't want to know what happened in the Super Bowl. Doug knows and starts to blackmail him, and we learn that Doug's not very good at math. <laughs> yeah, it I is like kindergarten, this. though. <laughs> Where his first offer is $10, and Marshall... Just kind of balks at it. He's like, fine, $8. No, he, he, Marshall balks and he goes, it just went up to $8. <laughs> it's a good line. Well, I, like, you know, I like Doug. Doug's good in the next time he's there, too. We have a recently graduated kindergartner who's still learning negotiation, so <laughs> this rang true. <laughs> yeah, every time we tell him, you know, there's five minutes till bed, he always says, six minutes. So now we've just sort of built in the extra minute when we tell him, so if it's But if five you start throwing minutes, numbers out, he'll get confused. <laughs> <laughs> Forget what he's arguing for. So if it's five minutes left till bedtime, we tell him there's four minutes left. He'll go, five minutes. And we'll say, okay. So always just take off a minute to cushion for ourselves. We're way ahead of him. He's such an idiot. Okay. Ted is going to get the wings and dipping sauce. Barney doesn't think he can make it without spoiling, especially since Quinn's is a sports bar. But Ted made the Sensory Deprivator 5000. <laughs> Which just reminds me of all of Tyler's, like, little kid books where, you know, the inventions are always the blah 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 2000 <laughs> Yeah, where, where'd the 5000 come from? <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty random choice. Yeah, it's in a lot of, like, the Captain Underpants and 
dog man where, yeah, whatever invention has a random interval of a thousand after it. <laughs> we see Ted, Ted at Quinn's. He's slowly making his way. Oh, very do you want carefully. to explain the sentry deprivator? You can do it. <laughs> so he taped over a pair of sunglasses and then put like the tiniest two holes in them so he can only see a little bit and then made blinders out of a cereal box. And then, Captain Crunch. Yeah, and then has a bowl of Captain Crunch. And then um, puts on noise-reducing headphones that he bought when Marshall and Lily got back together and were doing it a lot. And so, altogether, this <laughs> deprives him of all of his senses and will allow him to go into this restaurant without seeing a TV or hearing anybody talk about the game. I feel like there was a decent conversation about Captain Crunch on Friends where, do you ever notice that his eyebrows are above the hat? Or, or into <laughs> it's his hat captain of a cereal. <laughs> He's got exact change in the envelopes that he hands to the bartender to get his order back. And on the TV, it has Robin's channel up, and they, they cut to Robin blocking her ears, trying to not... <laughs> right. There's a fun little cutover. So Robin asks the producer during commercial that no reference to the winner of the Super Bowl is mentioned, and she's rebuffed. She really waited a while to bring this up, mm-hmm. like, knowing that this is news. Yeah. She's rebuffed. It's the same. It's the same producer we got from when she was saying all those absurd and dirty things on camera. Oh, was it? I didn't recognize her. And it seems that the producer knows what she's doing this time and paying attention to her, <laughs> as opposed to last time. But at any rate, she kind of cries to get her way after the producer says no. Right. So yeah, we get to a scene where they clearly edited her copy. <laughs> right. Which is ridiculous. The, we're back at the apartment. Barney suddenly realizes that all he has to do is slide the handcuff up to get it off the radiator. And then for some reason they show us that he has to take an eight-minute bathroom break. Yeah, that was a weird choice <laughs> that I did not fully understand. There are a lot of filler jokes in this episode. They're not horrible, but except for maybe that Marshall one. Right. And so Ted, for some reason, kept his sensory deprivator 5,000 on, even as he walks into the apartment. Oh, good. Well, yeah, I guess because he's trying not to see any uh, newsstands or... Yeah, you think once he gets into the building, he could probably take it off. Maybe if somebody's wearing a jersey, you can kind of tell that's the ones who won. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe he doesn't want to run into a neighbor who might mention it, but... It leads to a good gag where he's in kind of like bragging to Barney that, you know, he pulled it off, but Barney sneaks around him and leaves and Ted doesn't see him. Yeah. And then he realizes that... He didn't get the the dipping sauce. The dipping sauce. Now, what do you think the dipping sauce is? Well, they describe them as hot wings, so it's got to be some sort of hot sauce, right? Although... No, it looked white. Yeah, through the container, it did look like a lighter color, so... So It's probably some version of ranch, you know, like a garlic ranch or something like that. Should we get wings on Friday? Well, it's my choice, and Chinese is up next on our list. But after this episode, doesn't make you want wings? A little bit, but there's a long time between now and Friday. Okay, we're back in the classroom, and there's more taunting from Doug. <laughs> and Marshall makes reference to, oh, come on, you already made me eat crayons. <laughs> you promised you'd stop if I ate all those crayons. <laughs> <laughs> Which this whole thing is just so ridiculous, but it leads to some of the better jokes of the episode. Turns out he's in love with Miss Aldrin. He does really go for the older women. Yeah, yeah, he does. 
somehow he gets put in timeout, but I forget what happens. So he, Doug points out that he's in love with Miss Aldrin, and Marshall says, well, you can't have her, she's mine. So Doug just takes, like, a figurine off the shelf and just knocks oh, it to the floor. Oh, knocks blames him and makes him take credit for it. Yeah, that's right. Right. And so, yeah, he he prompts the whole thing. Well, you know, he, if we break something, we get a timeout. Like, that's the rule. And so <laughs> Lily puts Marshall into a timeout. When Marshall gets back, the demand is that he takes the kid to three R-rated movies Marshall has a brilliant idea of taking a drink and spraying it on his pants so it looks like he has wet pants. <laughs> right. And then Marshall blackmail, blackmails him back, gets his money back, and demands his pudding. So big <laughs> win for Marshall. Right. And, and I am 100% behind Marshall on all of this. <laughs> right. And so Marshall points out, like, you know, because Doug's arguing with him, but I like Marshall here. He's like, I'm a grown-up third-year law student at Columbia, and you're just a little pants sweater. <laughs> <laughs> He's so petty. <laughs> uh, we did skip over Robin's. Um, we get a flash of Robin at work trying to talk about, you know, some bet between the two cities of the teams in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, gibberish. <laughs> yeah, it's, that was kind of painful. A little funny, but... Barney's on the street trying to find out who won the game. And nobody knows, not even Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith? Oh, thank God. Former Dallas running back, one of the greatest running backs of all time. But Emmett didn't watch it. He's all about the dance. I think this is right around when he was dan- on Dancing on the Stars. Dancing, Dancing with, with the Stars, the stars yeah. So. He won season three. Okay. I looked that up. I did not know that. But I knew he I knew was he was on, on it. it, yeah. Yeah. So I think we're getting some cross-promotion, because I think Dancing with the Stars is CBS, isn't it? I don't know, is How I Met Your Mother CBS? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep track of stations anymore. Yeah, broadcast that's stations. True. I think there was some crossover there. And then there was also, I read that this was the year that CBS hosted the Super Bowl, which apparently, I did not know this, apparently like three stations shuffle it every three years. Ah. So this was a year that CBS had it, so it kind of was you know, a tie-in. Okay. You know, not only do I not know what channel shows are on, I don't know what day they're on. I obviously don't know what time they're on. The few exceptions were like our Sunday night shows like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones because we would want to watch those live. Outside of those, I don't... Better call Saul's on Mondays. Yeah, maybe. That sounds a little familiar. I just... There's no need to know anymore. Right. It just shows up on our DVR when it shows up. Uh So we get, you know, Emmett Smith doesn't know, Barney's devastated and just, you know, falls to his knees, and we get a good scene of Ted <laughs> slowly walking behind him. In his <laughs> I'm not sure if I noticed butter. that. <laughs> yeah, that is good. But at 4 p.m., things went wrong. Uh, Ted goes back to the bar, and he's walking by, I didn't mention it, but he keeps walking by a waitress with cleavage that he keeps looking at, and she gets an evil look from her. Right. And... There's pool players at Quinn's, and I'm pretty sure one of them ends up being one of Robin's dog boyfriends in Stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go back and look at that, but I was, he looked very familiar, and I think that's where I, I noticed him from. That's funny. So Ted's going to slip on this. He gets the sauce, then he's going to slip on this uh, cue ball, or one of the one of the pool balls. But that, but he he doesn't discover who won. He right. he actually made it through. Yeah, this he catches the sauce out. without it spilling, and he still doesn't find out what happened. Lily and Marshall are leaving, and there's this less creative. They just hear a radio on the. Um, 
which I thought Marshall maybe didn't hear since Lily like jumped up and tried to cover his ears, but then we find out, you know, he did, he did find out also. Um, Robin finds out because there was one last segment. A from, zoo story. Yeah, of somebody at the zoo, so I guess they didn't get the memo to not <laughs> mention the Super Bowl winner, so she finds out. So Ted doesn't know that everyone kind of lies to him when they get back to the apartment. And oh, we did, sorry, so it. we have Barney um, finds a newsstand. Okay. And that's how Barney finds out. Barney ruins it, even though they all tried to lie and pretend like they didn't know who won. And Yes, Barney goes into the other room, screaming to himself about how stupid he was, which... They all knew who he bet on. Right, so yeah. <laughs> I do like everybody's reactions here. Marshall, like... Yeah. I didn't know, and now I do know. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> but, yeah, so for a brief second, they think about not watching the game, but then realize, you know, they haven't it's seen the commercials ritual. yet, you know, wings and the beer are still good, um, and then they can it's torment the ritual. Barney. It's the ritual. Yeah. In the final scene... Oh, we get, like, a nice little voiceover at the end, which, yeah. You know, just talking about how nice it is to all be together and have their traditions. Right. And then in the final scene, Barney reveals that he lost all his prop bets. He lost the coin toss. What are the odds? Roughly (laughs) 50-50. I remember one year I did bet on the coin toss. (laughs) I think I won it. I I think I bet like 20 bucks on it and I won. Nice. Um, And he keeps going on and on and Ted puts on the sensor aid. Deprivator 5,000. <laughs> Barney doesn't him. seem to notice. Kind of a weird ending. Soft ending. Yeah. So, in case anybody cared, I looked it up. Um, the 2007 Super Bowl was Colts versus the Bears, and the Colts won. That is brand new information. 2007. So, we hadn't met yet. No. I was at, but I was at uh, Michael Katrina's for that Super Bowl. Oh, were you? Wait, no. 2007, no. Never mind. No, because you didn't move to D.C. yet. 2008, I was out there. Super Bowl party. Okay. What was your favorite joke? I think my favorite joke was Marshall railing on the little kid about nobody's going to believe him because he's the third-year law student. I think my favorite is the origin story for Barney. Oh, that was, yeah. I did have that one down as uh, one of my other contenders. Copycat. Hey, I have notes to prove it. And least favorite? My least favorite is probably Marshall being a cannibal chicken, followed by, like, a close second of, like, over in the voiceover, it ends with, like, oh, we raised a toast to Mike. I mean, Mark. I mean, Matt. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for that that much. What do you th- where do you think I rank this? 107. Pretty close. Oh, nice. Pretty, pretty, pretty close. I ranked it 90. Okay. Not as close as I would want to be, but not bad. And it's squeezed right in between Mary the Paralegal and The Matchmaker. Hmm, okay. So it's in good company. When I look at it now, I don't feel like I like it as much as those two. Yeah, it's Mary the Paralegal is very good. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure what I liked about it that ranked it that high, but, you know, it's, it's in that middling area. In fact, yeah. Okay. Where can folks find? Oh, next week. Yes. What next week we have... Lucky Penny. Okay. I think in that one, it's where Ted 
thinking about taking a job in Chicago, or he's going to an interview for a job in Chicago, even yeah. though I think the job's actually in New York, but he's going to Chicago for it. And then we get this sort of series of flashbacks of why he's late getting to the airport. Mm-hmm. Marshall with Who's his marathon. Barney runs the marathon. I don't remember what Lily's doing. I think she's just cheering Marshall on for the marathon. Right. I vaguely remember, like, it's supposed to be, like, it goes back and to try to blame other people for why he's late, and then it turns out, like, it's his own fault. So, spoiler for that episode. Oh, isn't... And there's something with Lily waiting outside that shop for the wedding dress. And with the, the car alarm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we put that together. That's a pretty good one. I, I didn't look at where I ranked it, so if I had to guess, it's probably... Oh, it's most definitely higher than this one. But... Um, probably not not by much if I had to... Yeah, this is one I don't remember doing a lot of rewatching of, so I think it'll be a pleasant surprise to watch again. Two from now is Stuff with the plays. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Uh, where can folks find us and reach us? Like mm-hmm. Albie does. Yes, you can reach us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Our website is RunkleRecaps.com. I don't really do anything on that site. <laughs> I guess you can go directly to the site and get the episodes from there. But You can comment on there. Good. You can also find uh, Podcast, Podcast Ninjas, Ninjas. <laughs> where Tyler, our son, and I recap Ninja- Ninjago episodes. I think you guys are very far behind on that, though. <clears throat> yeah, we don't, we don't make it to once a week or once every other week like you and I do. <laughs> it's like once a month. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Runkle Recaps and on Instagram at underscore how I met your podcast. No, I lied. Underscore how I met your podcast underscore. Okay. Well, Jen just sprayed some Capri Sun on my pants, so now I have to go change. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.